Mary Beth Decker, an intuitive animal communicator, medical intuitive and energy healer, is the founder of Sacred Grove, where people and pets heal and connect. She works with pet guardians who dearly love their animals yet face tough issues. She uses her intuitive animal communication and energetic healing skills to address animals' physical, emotional and behavioral issues. Mary Beth is especially gifted in helping pets and their people move gracefully through transitions into the family, into a new family or onto the next life. Mary Beth helps people find peace and comfort knowing they have made the right decisions for everyone, including their animals. They finally experience that deep mutual love with their animal they have longed for. A retired Navy officer, Mary Beth's rich personal life experiences have enabled her to bring a wealth of heart-centered wisdom to her work with each client. Her unyielding intention is to consistently bring forth the maximum benefit for all concerned in the most benevolent manner possible. Mary Beth's speaking style is warm and comforting, accentuated by a wicked sense of humor. She's an excellent storyteller and audiences love her. Hello, everybody. I'm so happy to introduce here today on the Healer Hub podcast, Mary Beth Decker. <laughs> How are you, Mary Beth? Doing really good. Thank you, Anka. I'm glad to be here. Seriously. <laughs> I'm very psyched about this uh, episode because you are an intuitive animal communicator amongst many other things. So I know that you have also, you are Navy SEAL, retired Navy SEAL. So that's very interesting. No, not, no, not a SEAL. No. No, oh, no not a SEAL. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Boy, oh, boy. Uh, uh, I am Navy. I'm retired Navy, but not. I'm not a Navy okay. SEAL. <laughs> I want everybody coming at me and saying, what? <laughs> okay. So you have a background in having worked for the Navy and now you are communicating with animals and helping pets and owners communicate. That's right. I, I'm a retired Navy officer and somehow I made it to working with animals like Shadow over here in the corner, my little black cat here. <laughs> yeah. So how did that all happen? Uh, it happened probably in the best way possible for me. Um, I was uh, looking for some new stuff. Um, how do I say that? I was I was working for an association after I retired from the Navy, great association, but it felt like uh, it was time it was time to do something different. I, I don't know. I think a lot of people who go into this area, we get intuitive hits, and if we're smart, we start listening, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, this was the time that it said you need to learn about massage, and. Uh, during my massage classes, while I was still working the, at, in the full-time job, I was uh, given the opportunity to learn about Reiki, and I did that. And then I, um, a, a good friend of mine who's passed away since Psychic Bob said, I don't know what quantum touch is, but you need to learn that too. So I starting to learn this energy healing and my dogs started communicating with me I didn't say like this is on my to-do list no this was something that just popped in I was just shocked um, and I I love the stories that the, the first ones that came through interestingly were were two of my dogs that had passed and so uh, the first one was my dog Timmy. Uh, he'd been he'd been passed. He had passed for a while, and and I'm in the kitchen making dinner for the kids. Uh, not my best time. I'm not a great cook still. And I look over out of the corner of my eye, and there is my dog sitting in the dining room. It's not like the ghostly stories where you see through them or they're floating in the air. No, the, that guy was right there in, in the dining room and uh, grinning at me. And then I'm like, I can't believe it. And I turned to him and say, Timmy. And he, he, he disappeared. 
Um, but in that moment, and I, I love telling this, I knew one that he survived death. Mm-hmm. Two, he looked pretty happy. And three, he took the time to come back and let me know he was good. So uh, that got me started. And then I've, I've had, uh, I have a num- number of additional ones that finally led me to my dog, Tibor, who was, uh, he had a really tough start. He, we won't go into that, but um, I picked up a lot of things from him. And I finally said, I keep getting these visions. I don't know what's going on. I need to find out. And my friend said, Mary Beth, that's called animal communication. He's sending you stuff. And at that point, I said, oh, I want to learn about this. This, I, I want to do this on purpose, not just random you know, pieces of information coming in. That's, and that's when I started to get trained. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, I started offering to do animal communication for people and their pets or their animals. Don't, people don't usually call their horses pets, so I have to say animals. And I loved it because... Um, The people who come to me and they're they're concerned about their animals, they want to know what's going on, either physically or behaviorally, or they want to tell them something. They really love their animals. So I'm showing up with heartfelt humans and animals that are willing to to share and listen and be healed. Uh, and it was it's just it's just an incredibly wonderful com- combination. So that, that's what got me here. Uh, that's how I got here. Yeah, that's such a beautiful story. So talking about animal communication, what I get is that it's an intuitive way that the messages arrive to you. So what would you say that animal communication is? That, that's a, boy, that's a really good way to explain it. Anka, this is, um, it's beyond seeing what their behaviors are. I think any of us that love animals, our animals particularly, we begin to understand that um, like when this cat, what I'm pointing to my black cat shadow, when my black cat shadow starts to meow in the morning, it's her cue to sit that says, get up and feed me, please. I mean, I don't need to be an animal communicator to know what she's communicating. But when you get beyond the physical and you start to receive information, sometimes uh, some people hear words or something flashes like like a memory or a picture in their brains, or there's something like a just knowing. Um, those are those are the three ways that I've noticed that people receive information. Um, Sometimes there's hearing things too, especially if the animal has passed, you hear a meow or nails on the floor or or something, you know, something or even something physical. Um, my mother-in-law's cat used to jump on the bed and sleep with her. The cat who passed, let me just be clear. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so everybody's got it. something that, that probably works for them. Um, for me, it started really with the just knowing. Like, I don't know why I know this, but I know this. And then the visions or words came and things like that. But it, it's something everybody has the capacity to do or listen for. Mm. Yeah. I, I I was thinking as as you as you said that you don't have to be an animal communicator to understand that your cat is meowing in the morning for food. Well, I have a cat and I actually never shared this story because uh you know, I never want to be perceived as that as that woman who <laughs> who absolutely adores her her cat, but my cat is pretty special. I am <laughs> sure we've had a lot of right like everybody everybody says that already, but I'm pretty sure we had a lot of lifetimes together. He his name is Love and I called him that and then I went back to my parents' house and I saw that I had on the um, on my bedroom in the in the room where I grew up 
I had the word love in Romanian, which is my mother tongue. So I've had that love on my manifestation wall for years. And I completely forgot about that. So four years ago, I got this cat. And having him around completely changed my life. I cannot remember how my life was without without him. And I I I feel that we get each other. <laughs> I feel he gets me and I get him. And we have like this beautiful synergy. And of course, I imagine that most pet owners would envision their lives uh, like that, like a just an understanding of each other, which is pretty much telepathic. It's not, yeah. <laughs> We don't exactly. speak that language. Exactly. And, you know, um, I mean, we can go down that path. We we are, I'm definitely the crazy cat lady, crazy dog lady, whatever, um, because I see it too. I mean, you can't see her, but I have my white cat down, uh, sitting down here. Bunny, uh, I remember one time, it was one of those nights, I'm sure every human in the world has had it, where you want to go to sleep, but your head will not shut and it just goes and goes and goes. And I'm laying on my back and she jumps up and she gets on my chest. And within about, I swear, uh, about five or 10, probably less than that. I'm like, I'm drifting off to sleep. Thank you so much. Because she, this one knew that I needed a little break there. And she, she, uh, I believe what, here's what I believe is that she pulled it off and sent it on its way so I could just relax and go. So, so it is a two-way street, you know, where we get so much from our animals, don't we? Our pets. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So for somebody who has a pet and they think, well, these two ladies and, and they're, and they're <laughs> Cat stories like I cannot relate, but maybe they are curious and they would like to know how to start communicating with their animals. What would you say would be some opening lines or first steps? You know, I'd say even like the prequel to the opening line or the first step would be to toss out the belief that you can't do it, but you're not that person. I mean, I didn't start that way. Uh, I think I had a bond with the animals, but I cannot say I was doing this. And um, also figure that they're probably, they're already sending you stuff and trying to get in there telepathically, intuitively. And they're like, why can't she or he hear me? What's going on? So they're ready for this. Mm. Um, and what I would do is... Um, there's a few fun things you can do. You can ask a question. Something pretty simple. You know, what would you, you know, what do you like? What's your favorite thing? What do you like most about being in the house? And you just get quiet and you let it pop, pop in. You let it, the first thing that kind of flies in, just take it. Um, and it's going to feel like imagination. It always does. It always does. I, I learned that lately. I mean, I always said intuition leads to ima imagination. I'm sorry, leads to intuition. But I think actually intuition shows up always like imagination. So don't worry about it. Just listen to it and take it. And then see if something in the physical world, like you say, oh, I heard that. So let's do this. See if you get some confirmation. Um, the other fun thing, and I think cats are better than this at, at this than dogs. I have two dogs. I love them dearly. Is you can call them in your mind and see if they show up in a, in a little bit of time. And my cats will show up. <laughs> and they just love it. I'm like, what, what do you want? What do you want? What's, what's up? Those are two fun ones to try. <laughs> yeah, I love this. I love the second one. I, I will try it. But sometimes, so he sleeps around. And then yeah. where he's hiding. So I would just, yeah, sometimes I call him. He doesn't respond to his name, right? So he's he's <laughs> particularly obnoxious about that. But whenever I'm thinking, hey, where is he? He's like, he's been, he's, I, ha I haven't seen him in a while. He just appears. Yeah, like. A, oh, so that's, you're already doing it. I love that. 
I mean, we have a, I don't want to go in this special connection because I believe that this is my firstborn in this lifetime and is the incarnation of my firstborn. And I believe oh. that we've been in this cycle of mother and son for, for a while. Uh, and it's similar to what you were saying. So when he arrived uh, in my space, uh, he was just a little, a little fluffy thing. And he would always sleep on my throat. So around my throat chakra, on my heart, a lot of the times and on my belly. Right. And now he does. And now he's five kilograms is quite heavy, <laughs> like a little. Yeah. Rabbit. <laughs> but from time to time, uh, very, very rarely nowadays, um, he does come on my, uh, basically on my ovaries, right? And I, I can feel somehow that he remembers this connection that at one point in our lifetimes, he has been in my, in my whatever belly, whatever incarnation, whoever I was uh, there. Yeah. 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 I, I, I love that. Um, I just trust that whatever comes through, even though people will say, well, that can't be, I say, why not? Who set the rules up? Um, there, There is definite information about, actually, there are stories that, about people and animal, people being animals. I don't know, we go, we're going down here, aren't we? Animals being people, human people, and vice versa. And um, who am I to hmm. decide that's not true? I've heard enough stories in my life that I think, well, there's another example that you're giving me about how we've been connected yeah. in the past life arena. Yeah. 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 So I'm wondering, how do you use the animal communication for healing? Um, how does it relate or, and maybe what are the what are the reasons why people would usually come to see you? Uh, I use both animal communication and energy healing as a combination generally. And animal communication provides me with really useful information. Um, for instance, you you might want to know, why okay we got cats why are you peeing outside the litter box there that is that is a big issue and there could be it could be physical or it could be some type of emotional or something that based on something that they experienced in the past um so asking the question and getting to find out what's the cause and I'm willing to go beyond the physical to past stuff, if that's what it takes, to find the cause. Then we can address it through communication and healing, which for me is releasing of heavy energy and uh, bringing in new energy. And I've got different ways of doing it depending on who I'm working with. Um, but... The, the connecting itself and hearing the story by just hearing them and they know that they're heard, that can be very healing in itself, just like with humans, yeah? Mm. Um, let me go on the physical side. The, I have had some very good luck in asking about physical of, you know, what's causing this um, stuff. I'll, fi I'll find it in the body. I, I worked with some somebody's cat last week who was using was not using the litter box, and I said I'm to pee, not all the time. And I said I kept feeling like there's a a wall where the urine is stopped, and that just like a river at some point it just pushes so hard it breaks the wall through and then it is coming out whether they love it or not well it turns out that they're they're working with getting rid of the crystals which may have been in the urinary tract from the bladder and at some point it just goes and the body isn't doing a great job of holding it anymore because 
anybody who knows when their bladder is full, one has to take action. And with this cat, there there wasn't a chance to get to the litter box. So I'll stop. That 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 was a lot to 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 um, talk about. And, and ask if you have any other ways you want to move me forward. <laughs> yeah. So I'm wondering what would be the most outrageous stories that you can share with us that you've had in this um, in this modality. I think um, the one that comes to mind. Sometimes we go into past lives as as a cause for what's happening now, and. Um, this story is on, on my website, so it's not not um, like I don't have permission to share it, but I'll just tell the overall story. Um, one of my uh, friends had decided that it was time for her to get a horse. She wasn't sure why. She just felt like she, she needed to get a horse rescue, and she found this horse, and they were having a really hard time, and he was trying to bite her. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the sh- long and short of it. They, they thought they were getting along really well, and then they weren't. And um, he went into a past life. He's still a horse. And there was a, a major, fear, fearsome accident uh, in the past life where, where they were both in danger of their lives, and they both passed, but it was pretty pretty gruesome and um there was fear brought into this life and i believe it was on the purpose of healing that past for both of them on his part and distrust and she didn't do anything wrong it was life coming at them and so both she and her horse went through through some incredible healing about letting go of how that past death occurred. And it was it was uh, pretty gruesome. It was a time where there would be cobblestones. So we're talking a, a while ago. Um, and also letting go of the distrust and there's the forgiveness that's going in. And um, her reclaiming her her own strength and and trust out of being, yes, I can take care of you this time. You don't have to worry about it. Because he he had brought that distrust even into this this life of her. I think I said that, but I'd want to make sure that's clear. And and he also had brought in the fact that he had a lot of um not being treated well by humans in this life. So there's a couple things thrown in there. And after we did some sessions, she found her her power not in the master, but in the leader. And he accepted her as a leader, if I can put it that way. And they they moved forward. And uh, she also lost her fear. And so it was a combination of the forgiveness, the release of the past, and reestablishing a new relationship of trust between them. Mm-hmm. So that's the one that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really beautiful. Um, I'm thinking that so many, so many people that I know have um, somehow inexplicable fears, right? Like arachnophobia or uh, fear of dogs or fear of cats and they can't really understand where it's coming from Um, they may have had some incident in their childhood but some have never had an incident and it just somehow flares up in this lifetime so probably working with somebody like you would be would be helpful I I would I would guess so because it's it's usually not you know it feels irrational in this life but if you figure out what the cause was then it's not so irrational it makes sense yeah 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 and you can do something about it yeah and then i know that you support also people in dealing with grief uh when they are living mm-hmm. the last lives of their pets or 
um, last years of the lives of their pets or um, if their pets passed? So how do you support people through their grief? Well, I, um, I wrote I wrote an Amazon bestseller, Peace in Passing, Comfort for Loving Humans During Animal Transitions. And I did it because I was, I continue to work with people as their animals get older uh, and even helping through the transition and beyond. Um, so that's a good, that's a good resource. One of the things we, we can do and we do pretty often is we check in to find out how their animal is feeling both physically and emotionally. Um, sometimes so we can find out where, if there's pain, what's the level? Because it's very reassuring to hear, <laughs> I'm getting old, don't worry about it, so, which is what we've heard sometimes. Like, you know, there's there's some stiffness and things like that and where, where, where it is. So maybe if they want to do some chiropractic, acupuncture, massage, they know where to work on them to help them have a better life. Um, and sometimes we get to the point where it feels like that we're at hospice point, which would be the word you'd use for humans, where it's now time to make them as comfortable as possible if you're up to it. And then we do some emotional support for us people because no, we all know, let me stop. Intellectually, we know there's an ending coming, especially when we get that diagnosis. But but, uh, but emotionally, we are never prepared. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I'm going to find a loving human being who says, oh, I've been through six of these. Number seven, not a problem. It's going to be just as heart-wrenching. So, um, I give suggestions, uh, mindset shifts, and then they can talk to their animals and ask, you know, is there anything special you'd like to do before you pass? Or what makes you the happiest? Wh what keeps you happy? Um, uh, and with that, they've got some place to go. And we also do healing. I'm jumping around here. I apologize. You can do healing for, for the animal just to, for comfort. And so I got to go back to the special request because my most favorite story on that one is I found a dog who wanted a birthday party before he was, he was holding on for his birthday party. I'm like, I don't even know if I should tell these people that, but that's what I got. And the boyfriend says to the dog's person, she says, no, I said, actually, he wants a party. And he says, Oh, you know, he always gets a birthday party. And she says, oh, yeah, we have all the dog cousins come over and we put hats on him and we get doggy birthday cake. And I said, well, I think that must be what he's waiting for. Because <laughs> so, so, and, and, he, he was in really tough neurological downside. It was, it was pretty tough to see. Uh, so they had some information that would make him happy and allow him to to just say, "Okay, I'm I'm moving on there. I love you so much." So there's that, and and um, I can help tell them what's going to go on when they transition if they've set up time for euthanasia. You know how to just kind of step out of the body and and help the person get ready with being support there and. Uh, all sorts of things in that area where you find out where they're at in their life, how they're feeling, whether they want to continue emotionally with, with doing everything that you're trying to do to keep them alive. And they're like, ah, stop the visits, stop the stuff. Let's just get comfy. I want an easy, I want to just stop all the other stuff you're doing. Sometimes I hear that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think it's difficult. I mean, it would be difficult, I think, for humans also to hear from their fellow humans that um, because at the end, I think death is very scary for the people who stay behind more than the people who pass or the animals who pass because um, it feels that it feels that we we get the support 
like a spiritual support when passing, right? But the people who stay behind, they have maybe a, a different, similar type of support, but they don't see and experience what the person who is passing or the animal who is that's passing experiences. So I think that a lot of the times we make somebody's passing about us because it's our own grief that we have to process and <laughs> and live with and yeah sometimes people or animals just basically want to be out of pain and um it just wants like a yeah. it, it's a really hard um and one of the things i've learned that i really want people to hear is um because it helped me through uh, through my own animals i had five animals pass excuse me i had three out of five animals pass last fall within five weeks of each other and uh, I wrote the damn book and it did not make it like joy there's no joy there <laughs> other than the fact that we had them as long as we could yeah thank you for that face I can feel what you're feeling thank you but what I want to say is and what's gotten me through is they really do give us their medical power of attorney I want to talk in human words <laughs> they trust us and the other thing is the love we have in whatever decision we make, however we let them go, and whatever um, things we, we do for them on the medical side, they don't hold grudges. I haven't met anybody who holds grudges. No, the love carries through to the other side. Mm -hmm. And that's what, they, that's what they bring with them. I just, I just want to say that for everybody, for all of us, that because um, there's so many people who feel remorse. You know, did I let them go too soon? Did I hold on long enough? They, once they pass, and even through the passing, they hold on to our love, and that's that's the most important thing for them mm. that we give them. Yeah, thank you for speaking to that. I think it's very valid. I think that a lot of people struggle a lot with, with like, it's not a decision that you can take back, unfortunately. So I think that the fact that it's an ultimate decision makes it, yeah, extremely charged. It is. That's a great word. It is extremely charged. And um, I, th I think, um, as you said, making it about ourselves, uh, I, th I think the ruminating, thinking, thinking about, I should have done this. Why didn't I do that? Is it, why, you know, should I have? It's actually a barrier, barrier that we put up mm -hmm. against the the deep grief that we have. It's our mind taking us away from the the deep grief, and um, so. I don't know how to to say if you if you do let that go and you feel that deep grief, I'm right there with you and and let it out because that's really what you need to do is process the grief and then get get to the love connection again that you have with them because that's that's infinite that that love connection does never break unless one of you decide but I don't think anybody does <laughs> to, to let it go yeah. Get, get through allow your grief to come up yeah <laughs> thank you for speaking yeah. that yeah and i think it's sometimes really difficult um for people because yeah. it's 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 just societally not embraced you know like you are grieving your pet i mean you know like it's just a pet and people actually it's don't just a pet get another dog what's the yeah, problem exactly. yeah just get another one please mm -hmm. Once you once you fall right into that loving relationship with that particular soul, yeah. and you're deep, you know it's not just you. You we we all fall into that because that's the reality of who they are, and we miss them deeply. Yeah, yeah. This makes me really sad because sometimes I'm thinking, you know, I have a little bit of an anxious <laughs> tendency. Oh. 
<laughs> so <laughs> I, I deal already very difficult with uh, little aspects of life. So then I'm thinking, what will happen? I'm like, maybe I will pass first. <laughs> I don't have to deal with the <laughs> of, <laughs> of him passing first. <laughs> of course, I do not wish for that either. But yeah, I, I, do. I, I gain deep. But it, but yeah, I gain deep faith in whatever it is. I will find. I will find a way. You will. You will. Um, and they'll be there to help you. Yeah, they will. They will really be there. And because remember, I started out with telling you how my animals animals came to me after they passed. Um, I have a second story if, if it's helpful. Unless you want to go somewhere else, I can tell you about that. Yeah, sure. Let's see. Let's hear this. All right. Okay. So my 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 dog Eddie, kids <laughs> named her. She's a girl. Okay. All right. Um, she passed just before I had to go on a, a business trip and staff a, um, an annual meeting. And you know, if you, I don't know if you know, but your job as staff is to smile, be happy, be helpful. And all I wanted to do was to crawl into a hole and cry. Mm. And that doesn't really work in this situation. Uh, I I felt Eddie in the on the plane with me. And I, I usually ask for a window seat, but I actually had a had a, an aisle seat. And um I I was probably looked like a crazy person, but because I felt her so strong, I was petting her. Mm. She was there for me to comfort me just after she passed. She came and stayed with me the first night. I had a night off before I had to, you know, put on my happy face. And she stayed with me the first night and she was there for me. It helped me so much. And she was such a such a wonderful being to do that for me. So uh, they do not just say, hey, I'm going across the rainbow bridge. See you later. I think they're around for us even afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, I can only imagine how difficult it must have been to have had to attend that staff meeting while you were grieving. It was so long. It was it's had been a number of years, and yet it it wasn't last year, it was probably um five to seven years ago, but uh she was such a gift. She was a gift in life, and she was a gift in the spirit mm. life too. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. So let's. Oh, okay. So I energy. Thank you. Thank you for sticking with me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's also very helpful. See, I think that it's going to be very helpful for a lot of people. Because I think that a lot of us, just in our human experience, live a lot in the shadow. Just because many of the experiences and the internal emotions, um, there are there is a number of things that is societally approved and embraced, right? And maybe there is a palette of things that everybody experiences that doesn't have a space in public to be explored and validated and maybe it doesn't have to be understood, you know, like I don't have to understand what you're going through. I can feel compassion and empathy and hold that space for you. I think that this is what happens. Like a lot of people cannot relate to how difficult it must be to, to lose a pet, right? Because we have the concept of, oh, losing a, a human being, that sucks, right? So I think it's very helpful for the people who have been through loss and who haven't ha found the space of being held and understood and for their emotions to be uh, validated. I think it's very helpful to hear your stories um, and to okay. understand that, yeah, that human feeling of, of deep grief and loss um, of a pet is very much normal. It, it is. Um, I, I think about it. I love humans, but you know, if you want unconditional love, Mm. easily mm. on a daily basis <laughs> you may be looking at your pet for that uh because we 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 humans have a tendency to do other things other than project and unconditional love as much as we love each other uh, mm. but we can usually find that and that that gift is part of what the loss is i believe mm. um, 
Okay, I'm looking at my my guys again. And there's also the joy of life that they keep bringing in, you know, um, whatever it is, whether they're just hanging out, waiting for a bird to show up, or we're walking the dog somewhere, and we're out in nature with them. Uh, they generally bring us so much joy in the little things that... Uh, we become addicted and it's a good addiction, you know? Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, I actually manifested having my pet because one of my friends, I have a, I have a huge heart that I think that people, when they meet me, I feel, I seem very composed and maybe sometimes, you know, arrogant. And I, I make all these beats and make a lot of jokes, but I actually feel a lot. So my friend told me because I was so desperate for loving and for being in love. And she told me, just find the pet. Like you will find the container to pour all that love and affection. And it was such a gift because afterwards, like literally after some months, uh, I was offered this this pet, and it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me in my, in my life. <laughs> so that container of love, where I also tapped into, I'm an only child, and I, I've always felt that there is a limit to my love. You know what I mean? <laughs> but even towards my parents, there was a limit to my love, and to have actually the experience of being able to love something to love someone as i love my pet in in such an unconditional love just tapped into oh you actually are able to offer that that's a good point you're right i i i think i'm a better person <laughs> because of, of what they brought me um I, I will say and working and learning stuff through my animals and actually working with other people's animals and the the gifts that that brings I would even say the losses that I've been through have have given me a lot more empathy and compassion for others. I'm like, uh, oh, oh yeah, I've been there. Uh, how do we go? Yeah, so they they do bring us to a better place as human beings. Hopefully, we can share that with more human beings. But I have found that too. Yeah, I'm definitely a better person. Yeah. <laughs> so what is your biggest dream uh, now, Mary Beth, for your life, for your business? Well, my my biggest dream is uh, <laughs> is that there would be an animal communicator in every family. I don't care if you're a professional you just start having a bigger and more special relationship with your animals. And my dream in that is that we start from there, we start to reassess our relationship with all the species in the world and start to value them in a global way and that's my, my way of starting is like let's start with our own animals that we love and that love us and let's get that intuition going on and then go out to the world and how we're treating and respecting other species so that is my dream i i do have um i started my group the family animal communicators community not a group of People are doing it professionally, but people would like to try doing it on their own. And so that's where where people can practice some. And uh, let's see, I got, I've got to be more specific. So I teach an in-depth Uconnect course, 12 weeks, and I love that. Not everybody's ready for that, so I created this, this small community smaller group let me say not a smaller group but a smaller way to be involved where you can do some mini my little mini courses pre-recorded courses and then do practice a lot of my graduates in my uconnect class show up to keep practicing so that's my start away a way to say oh 
Maybe you want to be the communicator in your family, but you don't want to be a professional, you know. Mm-hmm. That that would be a place to start. Yeah. So what motivates you to do this kind of work and what motivated you to create this community as a as an invitation to for people to better their animal communication? Well, you know, I I imagine that I am not the only one who would love, you know, now that I have the gift, I love the gift, but I would like to offer it to more people. And I'm probably not the only one who says, dang, that would be very cool. Uh, so that's my motivation. That, that it really is to, to get it out there for more people, maybe in a way that works for them where they can do it on their own. I feel like we're we're really shifting uh, our relationship with animals at this time. You, you think about maybe a while back where my husband's uh, dad and grandfathers had dogs for hunting. They were not family dogs. They were useful animals. And we're moving into where they're part of the family. I would like to see other species become part of the global family, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Not just cats and dogs and horses and um, stuff like that, where we, we start to see them as part of the global family. Uh, and this is my small way of bringing that forward. Mm. What is the most rewarding thing in your in your work? What when I see a shift both in the person and their animal where life has gotten better and both of them are enjoying the relationship more that's probably the most rewarding part. Um, I worked with my friend Diane. She's working on getting a, a feral cat to become part of the family. And she had all these plans about getting him neutered. So and we did some some work and she shifted so much about, you know, how it was going to happen, when it was going to happen, and kind of fell back into how much love she had for him. And we talked to him about his chance to become part of the family and get inside in the winter and things like that. And both she shifted. She told me she had this big movement of just saying, it'll come in time. And her cat, Minnie, his name is Minnie, <laughs> uh, is for the first time is going in places and showing up on purpose and allowing the door to be closed behind him. And he's letting her touch him more. I'm like, wow, they both shifted. And it looks like there's there's a family happening there, you know, another family member coming in. I love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds really beautiful. Thank you. Who is your inspiration and why do you find them inspiring? You know, I thought about that. And, and this guy is not an animal communicator, but I just love what he brought into the world. Edgar Casey, he was called a sleeping prophet. Um, he's been gone for quite a while, but, uh, he would do readings for people. Uh, he didn't hate animals at all, but he felt like his calling was for people. And he brought in a lot of the things that uh, many of us take for granted these days about the fact that what's happening in this life can be passed on to other lives. And what's happening in our bodies has to do with our thoughts and our emotions. And um, I think he ushered in, at least for my understanding, because um, he was be- he was he passed away in 1945. But a lot of the stuff that we hear about about the energy and the mind and what we think showing up in our bodies, and I said it before, and even past lives. 
influencing what's happening now and, and soul families. I, I love what he brought in. I mean, I, I adjust that to me and say, our animals are part of our soul families mm-hmm. and they choose to be with us. And they'll probably show up as some some somehow different from their last time, but they'll still be with us somehow. So he's he's my go-to guy for like where my mind expanded. I think that's the best way to put it, is he helped me expand the way I saw the world. And that really led me through. Yeah. That's that's really to where I am now. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much, Mary Beth. Thank you for being here with us today and for being so open in sharing about your gifts and the way that you're supporting people. How can we connect with you online? Where can we, where can we find you? I, I think the best place is on my website, sacredgrove.com. Uh, and I have to laugh because we're just... the. Right now, as we're recording, it's the day before Halloween. I don't know when you'll post, but somebody once thought it was Scary Grove. It's not scary. It's sacred. S-A-C-R-E-D, sacredgrove.com, just in case you were wondering. So that, that I put a lot of information there, and you can you can work with me that way. Yeah, because sacred and scared, if you do a, a letters flip, sacred. Right? It was a typo, but it was just made me laugh and say, well, no, not usually. We try not to do that, you know. <laughs> this has been wonderful, Anka. Thank you for letting me talk about all these different things and going with me to talk about even things that are difficult for people to hear, but I hope they're hopeful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you everybody for tuning in. We're going to see you for our next episode. The best way to support the Healer Hub podcast is to review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share it with your people. Thank you so much. Deeply grateful for your support. Mm-hmm.